Welcome to the Zoe household. Our desire is to bring you to the consciousness of the God life that has been made available to everyone who believes the Lord Jesus Christ. Be blessed as you listen to this powerful message by Pastor Ola Kiyosi, the resident pastor of the Zoe household Lagos. God bless you. this month been for each and every one of you? I, I'm always giving something to hold for me. It's grace. Alright. How's this month been for everybody? Beautiful. Awesome. 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 I, I like the sound of that. Alright. So today I want to do something. I want us to I want to give room for a testimony. Maybe two or three persons. If you know you want to testify, can I, can you, can I see your hands up? One, two. There's room for one more person. Okay, at the back, three. All right, um, come forward. Let's celebrate the miracles, right? And the testimonies. Hi, everyone. Hi, everybody. My name is Jessica, and I just. Hi, thank you. And I just want to thank God. I've been asking for the testimony for Pastor since last week's. I just want to thank God for blessing me with this family. I know how much my life has grown, my spiritual life. I was searching for it and I found it here. I know how much my life has grown because I'm coming from a Catholic background and thank you too to Tolu that brought me here because I don't know, I was arguing with him that what is here? I cannot come here. What is even though I come, I will go back to my Catholic church. But when I came, I came again and I know it is obvious. Everyone around me notices that my life has grown, and I'm just grateful to where he's taking me to and everything. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. I love you guys so much. Come on, let's celebrate that testimony. It's testimony we say she's celebrate too. All right. All right. Glory to God. When she said Tolu, for that, when she's thanking God for Tolu, that brother, it's not that Tolu. We all know that Tolu, very muscular guy. If you see any guy beside her wearing white, it's Tolu. Be warned, touch not. Touch not. If you touch, you're in trouble. <laughs> Glory to God. All right, I come and share a testimony. Praise God. Firstly, I want to say thank you, Jesus, because, um, <laughs> okay, let me just go straight. Okay, I came here last week, and before I came to this place, I had a prayer overnight because I do pray at night, and after my night prayer, I went on Instagram and I saw this house, and I was like, okay, okay, and I had the urge like I, it was so strong. It was really, really strong. And whenever I have urges like that, I go with it. So I just said, okay, let me just message. So I messaged. I didn't get a response immediately. I went to bed and I woke up the following day and I got a response and I was like, okay, yes. When I came in last week, I heard it clearly. Your steps are ordered. And then immediately I began to receive revelations that every, every, every phase I had passed through was intentional. They were really, really intentional. And I want to bless God for that because every step I had taken had not been a mistake. Secondly, I want to also appreciate the name of the Lord. <laughs> I got reconnected to my siblings yesterday. He chatted me up from Dublin. The other one is in London. And while we got talking, I was, because I've been praying for this connection for like years, like years. And I'm so happy that we got connected back yesterday divinely. Praise God. Glory to God. That's a huge testimony. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Awesome. Awesome. She, last week was our first time in the Zoe household. And, and she came again. She's also on Instagram. If you're not following us on Instagram, you're in error. You're wrong. Uh, you, can, you can take out your phone and you can search for 
Zoe also Lagos on Instagram. We're on Twitter, you know. Eh? It's not? <laughs> okay, we're on TikTok. Because it's talking. All right. Um, you, you're, you're the top. Who's the top person? Oh, Dickinjo. All right. I thought you'd testify with the camera. Praise the Lord. Jiggy, don't snap me from behind. Praise the Lord. Okay, um, at first I want to thank God for this way household. Yeah, very, very key. And um, two, recently, something I've dropped for like two, three years, which is um, evangelism. I remember sometime last year, I was crying because I like, what happened to my first love, which is for souls? Like, what happened to me? There's something really wrong with me. So, that I don't have the old word, I don't care, but you see that particular, and you just know, okay, there's something wrong, but um, recently, I just see a particular location, and I hear go. That's the next thing, I hear go. I hear go, it states, I'm hearing go, and then, before, when I hear go, excuses come around for me to just kick it out, but now, when I hear go, the next thing, I'm, I'm moving immediately. So, I can be here, and I can hear Abuja, I feel just getting Tamoto. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So that's something really big for me. And yeah, thank you. Praise God. Should we change your title to Evangelist by? Glory to God. All right. Isn't that amazing? Glory to God. Isn't that amazing? Why are you smiling? That's a smiling. All right. So quickly, um, let's get to the word, all right? And um, we are going to have uh, Minister Abbey today. She, she's on her way. She's on her way already. And trust me, we're going to have an awesome time. Glory to God. All right. So all through this month, we've been talking about what? Sabbath. And it's, been, it's really been an amazing month. Because um, our ideologies of what the Sabbath is initially called has literally been changed. All right, you know, for some, we had already assumed the Sabbath was the seventh day of the week, which is Sunday. You know, in the Old Testament, on the Sabbath, you ought to go to the house of the Lord. You know, you ought to keep the day holy. You know, with the mind that oh, it's the day unto the Lord, basically, a day where you think on the Lord, your mind is gazed on the Lord, you're just focusing on the Lord, which is not wrong, actually. It is actually not wrong. They were right in their actions. That means if you're separating yourself unto the Lord, but they missed the mark. All right, Exodus 31, it, tell, um, it tells us clearly that, you know, when the Lord declared the Sabbath unto the children of Israelites, you know, he gave it to them as a sign, not as a commandment. He said it was a sign, you know, that, you know, sanctification would be coming by God himself. All right, so it was a sign, but not that, um, not, it didn't appear the way, you know, they actually thought it was, such that, you know, someone took Sabbath day on their head, that even when Jesus Christ came on earth, and Jesus Christ tried to walk miracles, not even tried, he worked miracles on Sabbath day. And the next thing that came to the mind of the Pharisees, all right, and Sadducees was that, how dare you walk on Sabbath day? So the question now is, is working of miracles work? You know, they even nearly killed him. Why? Because after he said that, he said, um, that which I see my father do, I do. Do you know what he meant by that? He's saying that, I saw my father walking on Sabbath, so I walked. One. Two, he also said that, God is my father. And he said, how dare you? You know, how dare you say that you are one or equal with God? Do you get what I'm saying? Do you get what I'm saying? Because he said, that which I see my father do, I do means what God is doing, I'm what? I'm doing. I said, how dare you say you are equal with God? And they took stones and they were about to kill the guy. But Jesus Christ, as a sharp guy, will he be? Jesus Christ, I'll be Jackpa. See, lesson, moral lesson from that is you can be full of the grace of God and be anointed. When it's time to run you, <laughs> if you hear Boko Ar- <laughs> no, you be the ram. <laughs> Glory to God. You know, yeah. But, you know, now, in the whole Sabbath, we see Jesus Christ actually teaching us on what the Sabbath was actually about. You know, when he was telling them, he said, man was actually not made for the Sabbath. Instead, it's the Sabbath that was made for the man. You know, in one part, he, was, he, he gave a scenario that, you know what, you're saying I should not work on Sabbath. So, which of you 
we see maybe like his flock, you know, stuck in a gutter. And because it's on Sabbath day, it would not pull out, you know, the sheep from, um, from the, from, from the, from what, what was it? What, is it gutter? That's not the word he used there. The, does it ditch? Yeah, ditch and all of that. So, so shocking. No, that's where he used to enter the like bass booths. So, you won't save your life on Sabbath because it's a day of rest. All right? So, at the end of the day, Jesus Christ pointed us to the fact that he himself is the Sabbath. And the Sabbath is not a day of the week. But rather, Sabbath is a position. All right? What kind of position? It implies a place whereby the believer comes into when they receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and personal Savior, and which after they do, just like in the Sabbath, which you are now required to work on Sabbath, right? It means that now that you receive Jesus Christ as the Lord and personal Savior, you are also now required to work for your salvation, for your righteousness, for your holiness, but rather it is worked on by you. Do you get what I'm saying? Because if you check the book of Exodus carefully and read how you know, they practice the Sabbath, there was something that was so amazing. The Lord always provided what they would eat on Sabbath for them. And even when, you know, even when um, they said to observe, not just, even then, they didn't just observe Sabbath as a day. They observed Sabbath as a, as a day, as a year. Yeah. Yeah. There was what they called the Sabbath year, the seventh year. They call it Sabbath year. Then there's what they call the seventh year of Sabbath. That means after seven Sabbath years, the the, the next year, or the ending of that um, 49th year, becomes the year of Jubilee. And that's what we focused on last week. And even, you know, before I even get to that, one thing that was so amazing was that what the Lord told them was that, you know, how won't we eat or work for a whole year? And the Lord said, all the, you know, crops, all the things that you require for the next year, I will give you in the 49th year. So in the 49th year, they had enough harvest for that year. The next year, and not just the next year, they had for the third year. So that, you know, if you had for two years, means what will happen on the third year when you had no year planted? Do you get what I'm saying? You plant and you wait for what? An harvest. So God was so sufficient so that all that they would need for the three years, he did what? He supplied. And all of this, I explained that they were just so symbolic to show our salvation. How God has saved us and how that in salvation we ought to rest, knowing that our holiness is of the Lord. Our righteousness is of the Lord. Do you get what I'm saying? So in the place of Sabbath, there's total what? Total rest. In the day of Jubilee, you know, in the year of Jubilee, as I explained um, on Sunday, there are amazing things that happen in the year of Jubilee. The first thing that happened in the year of Jubilee is that all slaves will be returned back to their family. That means if you were a slave, you were in debt, the, the, the person that held you captive has no other obligation but to do what? But to set you free and send you home. Not just that, on the time of Jubilee was also a season whereby all your lost property will be restored back onto you. And if that's um, symbolic with, uh, with um, Sabbath, and we know that Sabbath actually represents Christ, then we can say the Jubilee also represents what Christ has also declared unto us. So it means that in Christ, we were once slaves, right? Slaves to what? Sin. But we have been set free from sin and, restore, and returned back to our family. Who is our family? God. All right, that's why we could say, you know, we bow our knees, on, Paul could say, I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and on earth is named. He's saying that every one of us, right, we are the, well, of the family of who? Of God. Do you get what I'm saying? Hallelujah. Let's open our Bibles to Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews 3, verses 17. Hebrews 3, verse 17. You are the Lord that He led me. I hear that. You are the Lord. We are believing God for a healing. This song is for you. My healer. You sent your word. You can place your hand on the part that is aching you. Healed my disease. You are the Lord. Seventeen. Hebrews three verse seventeen. That healing is yours by the grace of God. All right. Look at what it says here. Jerry, don't worry. We're fine. All right. So it says, 
but with whom was he grieved 40 years? Was he not with them that had sinned? All right. Whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? Now, who was he describing here? The children of Israelites, right? And how do we know? They were 40 years in what? In the wilderness. And in the wilderness, you know, after they didn't believe in God, now after God told them that he's going to give them the promised land, and they, they sent their spies, and the spies saw the giant, and they said, oh, no, we are, we are, these guys are giants compared to us. There's no way we can take the land. And they all believed God, said, you know what? You, this generation, I'm not going to allow you guys to enter into the promised land. All right? And everybody that was alive in that time, aside Moses, you know, which Moses still did not enter, but he saw, all right, they all what? They all perished, all right? So, he was talking about them. So, verse 18, he says, And to whom swear he that they should not enter into the rest? So, he's saying that God swore that they would not enter into his rest. What did God swear unto them? God swore unto them that they would not what? They would not enter into the promised land. But we can see here that the writer of Hebrews is doing what? He's telling us that, what, that God swore that they would not enter into where? the rest. And, you know, some of you, in case you are lost, last week I explained to you guys that, you know, the, the Old Testament is symbolic, all right? Christ was hidden in the Old, and New Testament, Christ is actually revealed, all right? So that's what was happening. So there are some things that you, they are kind of hidden, and you'll be able to see clearly in the Old Testament. But when you look into the New Testament, you have a broader and a clearer explanation of it, all right? Verse, verse 18, all right? To whom, to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believe not. Right? Verse 19, it says, So we see that they could not enter into... They could not enter in because of unbelief. So he's saying here that the reason why they could not enter into the rest of God was because of what? Unbelief. And that is also symbolic to our salvation. The reason why a person will not be saved is why? Unbelief as well. For God so loved the world that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have what? So if you do not believe, what will happen? You perish and you will not have what? Let's look at Hebrews 4. We read from verse 1 to 3. Just flip your Bibles. Verse 1 to 4. Look at what he says there. It says here, let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left unto us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. Then verse says, for unto us was the gospel preached, as well as unto them. So it means they heard the gospel as well. All right. But not the way we heard it. Like they didn't hear Christ. We heard Christ died for us. What they heard was that, you know what, there's going to be the promise of the Father that will come. All right, and through him, you know, they will be saved. You know, when God was telling Abraham, and through your seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. That was actually the gospel giving down to them. Do you get what I'm saying? All right. He said, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Verse 3 says, for we which have believed do enter into rest, as he said. So can you see what he said there? He said, but we that believe do what? We that believe do enter into what? So he's saying that as long as you believe, you are saved, right? But not just that. He said we enter into what? A rest. See, the state of the believer naturally is the state of rest. Do you hear what I said? The state of the believer is naturally what? A state of rest. Note that down. He said, although the works were... Okay, let me start from verse 3 again. Verse 3 says, For we which have believed do enter into rest, as he has said. He said... As I have sworn in my wrath, all right, if they shall enter into my rest. Now, this seems weird because it says, I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest. It doesn't seem clear. Now, what the writer of Hebrew was quoting here was the book of Psalms, Psalm 95. Psalm 95. Let's look at that quickly. Psalm 95. Psalm 95. Verse, verse 10. Psalm 95, verse 10. It says, 40 years long was I grieved with this generation and said, It is a people that do err in their hearts, and they have not known my ways. Verse 11 says, Unto whom I swear in my wrath, that they should not what? Glory to God. So, in Hebrew, we're saying that, that they should not what? Enter into his rest. Glory to God. Hebrews 4, so verse 3, he said that he should not what, enter into his rest. He says, although the works were finished from where? He said that, listen, they didn't enter into his rest because, you know, they grieved him. But he said, however, this thing had already been established since when? He says, the foundation of the earth. 
Shocking. So the question is, what had been established before the foundation of the earth? Shouldn't we ask that kind of question? We should. Let's look at Romans chapter 13. Okay, let's not look at it. But I might even know the scripture that says, Romans 13 verse 8. It says, um, and from the foundation of the earth, the lamb was what? The lamb was slain. So we know clearly that in the beginning of the world, the earth, that means from the foundation. The Bible says that what? The, the lamb was what? With the lamb. Jesus, right? It says Jesus had been what? He had been slain. Look at 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 18. We read to 20. When did, when did Jesus actually die that we saw him die? Oh, not that we heard that he died. Aside from aside the foundation, which other time? That was when he came in the flesh, right? Glory to God. It says here, For as much as you know that you were not what? Redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold and from the vain conversations received by traditions from your fathers, 19. It says, But with what? The precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish, 20, and without spot. He said, who verily was foreordained before what? Before what? He said he had been foreordained before what? The foundation of the earth, of the world, but was manifest these last times, what? For you. So he's saying that, see, these guys could have gotten this thing. But guess what? Their unbelief didn't allow them to see the person of Christ. But he's saying that we will get to enter into the rest because of this thing that has been done for us since the foundations of the world. So listen, I need to say this and I'll say it now. Everything as regarding your salvation plan was not a reactive plan. It was what? It was pre-planned. So listen, when Adam ate the fruit, Adam and Eve ate the fruit, God didn't just start panicking and say, oh my God, what will I do now? They are lost. Hey, my sons are gone. My daughter, oh, he didn't do that. He had foreknown. And in doing that, from the foundation of the earth, it says the lamb had been slain. There's something so key to learn from that. It means that God is a master planner. It means even from the beginning, he has the view of the end. There's nothing that can shock God. There's nothing that can surprise God. It's so amazing. I think there's one foolish thing that the devil still hasn't gotten. You know, always trying to come up with surprises. Oh, this is what God wants to do here. You know, I'll do this, I'll do that, so I will scatter. But guess what? God had foreknown. So what had he had done? He had foreplanned. Just imagine if he had known, the Bible says he would not have crucified. <laughs> so it means. Who actually led Jesus Christ to the cross? It was the devil. Doesn't that show you something? The devil is an instrument in the heart of God, unconsciously. Do you get what I'm saying? Without plan, he's, he's trying to scatter the plan, but guess what? He's arranging the plan. <laughs> the one the Bible can tell us, says, all things work together for the good of those of them that what? Listen and listen carefully. You are not a mistake. There's nothing happening to you that has not been foreknown. And that there's no plan for it. The only thing that can, you know, that can happen is when you walk out of the plan. But as long as you keep believing and you're walking in the plan of God, even all that has appeared so wrong to you, in a twinkle of an eye, everything can be made right. Do you get what I'm saying? Do you get what I'm saying? Look at Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3. It says, Blessed be God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. I love that scripture. Blessed be God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Where? In Christ. Verse 4. It says, According as He has chosen us where? In Him where? He has chosen us in Him when? Listen. God said something amazing there. He said, He had chosen you. Where? In. And people will say, For many are called, few are chosen. Maybe, maybe God didn't call me. He had what? He had chosen you. <laughs> he didn't just call, He what? He chose. 
Since when? And look at what he said there. He didn't just say before the foundation of the earth. He said that we should be what? Only and without blame before him. Did he say in works? He said the reason why he be holy and without blame is because what? He's going to love you so much. He said in love. So that's why you can find out you can, you can be so much in love with somebody and you can't just see their faults. That's a man, right? That is wicked. How much more the heavenly father that is love himself? He says, he that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is what? He said, he had chosen us. God had known you before the foundation of the earth and he had proposed in his heart, I'm going to love this person. And in my sight, this person will be holy and be without blame. It's not that the tongues will rise in the day of judgment. He said they shall be put down. They shall be condemned. Why? See, even if the devil raises an accusation against the Son of God, there's only one truth. That's God. Scripture says that he's not a man that he should lie. So, this is, this is the thing. Even if there's an accusation, if God said or says you didn't do it, you didn't do it. So, listen. For instance, this, the, 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 the hall we are in, right, is, the color is black, right? We are all right. It's black. If God comes in and says, ah, this is brown. Bro, it is brown. <laughs> truth is a person. Anything that person says is the truth. Regardless of your understanding, regardless of your perception, it's the truth. And in the truth, he had called and chosen you to be holy, without blame, before him, in love. Kai, Kai, Kai. Listen, this is the rest of God. Growing up, oh boy, if you had... <laughs> Growing up, you should have seen how I was always anxious. I was always worried. Am I pleasing God? Hey, I need to be holy. I need to be righteous. Ah, oh God, what's going on? Will I make heaven by? At... Growing up, I don't know when I got saved. Shall I tell you why? I ran for many altar calls. <laughs> you know, when people say, you know, I got saved in 1990, this, this, this month. I don't know, Jack. I just know. From primary school, I've been coming out. You know, every other call, I want to be saying, give your life to Christ. Come out. See. <laughs> it was fear that led me. <laughs> and I've told you guys so many times, it seems like it's so funny. I was so scared that anytime the trumpet sounds, you know, hellfire can go. So every time I'm left, was, Father, forgive me the name of Jesus Christ. Father, forgive me the name of Jesus I, I said it so much that I didn't know how to say it slowly. A heart that is not at peace. A heart that wants, someone tells you that, hey, might just say trumpet sound now, and you are scared. That's not the mind of God for you. You can't be ignorant as regarding where you are going. That's not God. God is not confused. If he has pre-planned, he has revealed his plan unto you. Do you get what I'm saying? Let's digress. Let's see. Look at Colossians chapter 1. Every plan of God has been revealed on Colossians. Oh, I don't want to. Look at verse. Start from verse, 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 verse 26. It says, even the mystery which was hid from the ages and from generation. He's saying this mystery was what? He said, even the mystery that was what? Hid from where? The ages, right? He said, are from generations. But his name is now made manifest towards. He's saying God had, you know, this plan. He had this mystery that he hid. But he said, not anymore. He said, many generations missed it. But guess what? He's saying the mystery in God has not been what? Before we go further, listen. There's no mystery in Christ that is to remain a mystery. Every mystery has been what? And my pastor will say, <laughs> let's move on. 
verse 27. It says, To whom God will make known what the riches of the glory, right, of, of the glory of his mystery amongst the Gentiles. So it means it will make known the riches of the glory of what? The mystery among the Gentiles. Which is? Which is? Which is? Which is? This had been foreplanned. When you believed, it was fulfilled. He said, Christ in. So where is Christ? Scripture says, he that is joined with the Lord is one spirit with him. If Christ is in you, you are one spirit with Christ. So now this is the question. At the blast of the trumpet, or even if there be a judgment, it will never be you that would, be, that would appear. Only one person would appear. For all of us. Who is the person? Christ. That's why we appear before him blameless. Not because we didn't have fault of ourselves. Not because we didn't have our faults or mistakes. But there's someone who we have been joined to and made one with. Whereby when we appear, he appears. I say this a lot. When God sees you, God doesn't see just you. He sees you as Christ. All of us, in the sight of God, we are Christ. So this had been the master plan of God. Then how will you be afraid? Oh, maybe, maybe just for a short while. Maybe I can be separated from God. Word of God says nothing can separate us. So the question now is, what can? He said, not death. So you're afraid to die. So you think in death, you'll not be separated. He said, not even death. Scripture says in John 5, 24, he said, the believer said, we are passed from death to life. It means, when there's the physical death of the body, what happens to us? We're not facing judgment. Uh-uh. It's from, immediately from death to where? Where, and the reason why we're not going to face judgment is not because we have not been judged. We are actually being judged. Or not because, no, sorry. It's not because, you know, it's not because, um, you know, we just escaped it. We had actually been judged already. And the judgment is not something that is going to happen. It's something that has already happened. How did it happen? It said, we are what? In Christ, right? Did Christ die? It would, it that was with, um, without sin was made sin for us, right? That we might become what? The righteousness of God in what? So, Christ died as a sinner, right? Who sin? Our sins, right? So, he died, so he was judged. The wages of sin is what? So, was he judged? So, after that, did he resurrect? When he resurrected, what happened? Did he appear before the Father? When he wanted to touch him, what did he say? He said, he told me, he said, I have not yet what shown myself what to the Father. If you believe that where he died, you died. When he rose, you rose. When he ascended, you ascended. When Christ ascended to show himself before the Father, he was ascending to show all of us before the Father. So at that time, we had already been revealed to God. <laughs> Do you get what I'm saying? Remember the flow of thought? He had what? He had pre-thought it. He had foreplanned, right? So even as at then, he had put us where? In him. So when he appeared before the Father, we appeared. And God has already given the verdicts. Holy, righteous, blameless. So even now, I'm walking blameless. All the days of my life, nothing. See, I mean, rest, rest. I said it again sometime. I heard the price of sardine like a year ago. I said, let trumpet sound. I want to go. <laughs> See, listen, listen. When you're sure of your safety in Christ, you want to go home. No lie to you. Paul said in Philippians 1, he said, I'm confused. 
These are, my, these are the things I'm confused about. One is for me to stay here and be with you. The other is for me to go. That means die and go to the Father, which is far better. How will someone be confused? <laughs> he said, for me to die and go and be with God is what? It's far better. It means, well, he chose to stay. Why? He said, for you, because it is needful. Why did he stay? Because he had to still disciple them. But he said, if not, they have to disciple you. Ah, I will uh, have Jackpa. Everybody's trying to talk about the US. UK, you know. <laughs> now, lie, don't ever open. <laughs> now, ask you they hold you down. We, we know your case. <laughs> Do you get what I'm saying? Do you get what I'm saying? The believer knows the end from the now. You know, let's not even get there. Read the book of First Thessalonians 1. And you know, when you're talking about even the day the Lord will come, do you know that the believer is not ignorant? Ah, there's no time. Let's look at it. First Thessalonians. Verse 5. Chapter 5, I mean. Verse 1. Look at what it says. But of the times and seasons, brethren, he said, we have no need that I write unto you. For, your, for yourselves know perfectly the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief when. So they preach it. I won't know when it comes. Verse 3 says, for when they shall say, peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon what? A woman with child. They shall not what? He said, but you brethren are not in what? That the day should overtake you as a... He said, when the Lord shall appear again, you will know. He said, that time and season, you will not be as the thief left in darkness. He said, you will not be left in darkness. So where's the fear? Where's the fear, please? Why should I be afraid? Why? See, even if I'm not aware of the time it happens, I know I'm safe. <laughs> you know, there's some people right now that they have visas to, you know, outside countries. You know that if Nigeria go on, they just need to walk to the airport, you know. Glory to God. Glory to God. So let me just say this and wrap up. So in the rest of God, all that Lord did for us was to bring us to the place of sonship. Just write that down. What he had pre-planned was to bring us to the place of sonship. Of sonship. Of sonship. Colossians chapter 1. Verses 13. Colossians chapter 1, verse 13. What did he say? He said, Who had delivered us from where? And translated us into where? Delivered us from the what? And translated us, translated us where? Isn't that beautiful? So there has been a movement. See, I'm a son of God. And this has amazing implications. Do you hear what I said? It has amazing implications, and I'm going to rush through it. The first one, it brings about a reputation and peace. It brings about a reputation and peace. Being known as a son of God. Romans chapter 8, verse 14 to 16. 
All right. Look at what it says here. It says, For as many as led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Next verse. It says, For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to... You have not received the spirit of bondage again to... If you are not, so he's saying here that the spirit of God in you should not permit what? If there's no fear, won't there be peace? If there's no fear, shouldn't there be peace? All right. But what did he now say? He said, but you have received the spirit of adoption. He now says, whereby we cry. He said, anytime there's a need to fear, is a time to cry out, Abba, Father. Check what I'm saying. That word is teaching us there. It says, anytime there's a need, like, something just should make me afraid. He said, mm, do not be afraid. What should you do instead? Cry out, Abba, Father. Being a son also comes with the name. The name. The second implication of you being a son is the name. It comes with the name. It comes with the name. Philippians 2 verse 9. Philippians 2 verse 9. It says, Wherefore God had highly exalted him, and giving him what? God had given him what? Let's say it. God has given him what? A name which is above every name. Listen. Everything that God gave Christ was to Christ, was true Christ to us. Do you get what I'm saying? Everything that God gave to Christ was true Christ to us. Everything that Christ became, or that is, is everything we have become. So when the Lord said, I've given him a name above every other name, what he's exactly saying is that, I've given all my sons a name, which is what? That at that name, every name was what? Listen, many of you don't have the picture of what I mean by the name. Listen, if right now, Someone starts screaming and say and start saying, Buari is outside. Just right there. All of you here will comport. Forget <gasps> say you don't like the guy because say they do bad. Uh, let, let me find. Let, who should we use? Let, eh? Jeff Bezos. Oh yeah. PD. Listen, listen, let, let's use that. If you hear PDs outside, <laughs> see, once you hear some certain names, it, it opens the door. Up, you know. Just imagine you carry a letter to the VC, maybe for, for admission. Maybe you didn't, your name didn't appear. You carry the letter from the president. So, sir, um, the president asked me to give you this letter. Why will he give you audience? Once you give him, can he say no? So in whose name did you go? Your name? Whose name? The prayer? So imagine you having the name and walking in the name. It means every door opens up. Not because they are seeing you, but they are seeing what? The name. And there's also something to understand. Even from the side of God, there's also what they call the zeal of the Lord to defend his name. Do you get what I'm saying? There's the zeal of the Lord to defend his name. Let's look at Isaiah chapter 48, verse 9 to 12. That means there are things they call for God, God usually say, for his name's sake. For his name's sake. For his name's sake. Look at it. says, It says, For my name's sake will I defer my anger. For my praise will I refrain for thee. That I cut thee not off. So listen, God is saying, for my name's sake, I would what? I will hold back my words. Now, who was God talking to here? The Israelites. God was describing the Israelites that, ah, you know, when they were in the, um, what do you call it? In the wilderness, before they got to the promised land. God wanted to destroy them. But he said, for my name's sake, I won't destroy these ones. Because if I destroy them, his name don't what? His name has casted. See, 
God working with the children of Israelites and preserving them even in their disobedience was what? For his namesake. Why? All the children of Israel had been attributed with what? The name of God, Yahweh. So for them to fall, it means that what? Their God has. That's the proof. If I'm saying that, oh no, I have a power, I'm a, I'm a powerful man, you know, I have, this is the source of my power. If I fall by your power, what does that imply? It implies that your power is what? Greater than, do you get what I'm saying? That happened for them, now imagine for you. It means that there are going to be certain scenarios whereby, for his name's sake, the Lord will even preserve you. For his name's sake. That means, when I say privileges, there are things that you won't even have to pray for, but for his name's sake. I, I, I strongly believe one of the reasons why, you know, Pastor Jason Yukon was preserved was for his name's sake. That accident was terrible. The, it should not have survived. He should not. But I know, for his name's sake, if he had gone, the name of the Lord would have been profaned. The name of the Lord brings us an inheritance. The name of the Lord brings us an inheritance. Sorry, I'm trying to store, waiting for Minister Abby. Sorry, I'm sorry. But she's almost here. Come, I can't hear you. Colossians 1.12. Philipp- um, Colossians 1.12, right? Look at what it says. Colossians 1.12. It says, giving thanks unto the Father who has made us meet to be what? Of the inheritance of the... It says he has made us what? Now, the meet there means he has made us qualified said, God made you qualified for the inheritance. So listen, when you are saying just as Lord and Pastor Nassio, it came with what they call an inheritance. Can you say that? It came what they call what? An inheritance. So when you believed in him, what came? The inheritance came. So you wonder, what is the inheritance? For short, the presence of God. For short is what? You can look at Psalm 16, verse, verse 5. He said, the Lord is what? The Lord is the what? The portion of my... Do you think there can be a greater inheritance than God? <laughs> he says, the Lord. The Lord. Is the portion of my inheritance. So they, they ask me, what do you own? <laughs> it sounds weird. But ah! the Lord. What do you have to show off? The Lord. The Lord. You are walking and the Lord is with you. Because you have the Lord. He said, We shall be his people, and he shall be our God. Kai. People don't understand the gravity of that statement. He said, He shall be our God. like dwelling on that. But let's, let me move on. The next thing though, one of the things that the, the name brings, the, the identity of, as the Son of God brings is the access. Access to God. It's just, it's just, um, it's just expected. If the Lord is your inheritance, you must have access to the Lord. Hebrews 4.16 says, says, come boldly before the throne of grace. What he's saying there is that at any time, what can you do? Say, you can come. 
Come boldly for the throne of grace, that you may obtain what? Mercy. So, listen. Do you know what they call mercy? Do you know what they call mercy? Mercy is that, <laughs> regardless of what you do, there's what? Pardon. Believers, hear me. In your faults, never run farther away from the presence of God. What should you do? Run to. If, they, if you are to have shame, not with your father. Listen, that was the mistake of Adam. He literally thought God did not see him. God came down and he's like, where are you? Do you think God didn't know where he was? God was just trying to play his, his game. Oh, drama. Hey, he's hiding. <laughs> he's hiding. Let me, let me play the game. You can't hide for, from God. He's all-knowing. He's all-seeing. So where you want to hide? So you, listen, if you didn't die in that mistake, it means grace is available for you. What's your response? You rush to the Father. That's why it says, come boldly. It means, why are you afraid? It says, you have easy access. Just rush. Come. Why? God never discriminates. All that is in his throne is mercy and grace. If you have seen God, all you can only get is what? Is mercy. Being a son also signifies authority, position and authority. Signifies authority. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 5 to 6. Ephesians 2, verse 5 to 6. Ephesians 2, verse 5 to 6. It says, even when we were dead in sins, at quickening us together with Christ, by grace are you, verse 6 said, and had raised us up together and made us sit together in. So listen, when we're talking about in heavenly places, being sitting together in heavenly places, it actually signifies the place of authority. So the Bible here tells us that we'll be seated where? We're quickening together with Christ, even when we're now sitting at church classes. And we made to sit down together where? So listen, regardless of what you think, where are you? Where's Christ? In heavenly places. Look at Ephesians chapter 1, verses 18. Ephesians 1, verses 18. He said, The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Verse 19. It says, And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us, word? Who believe according to working of his mighty power? 20. He said, Which he wrought in Christ when he what? Raised him from the dead and set him at his own. Where? So Christ is where? At the right hand of God in heavenly places. Where are we? We are in Christ. Who is at the right hand of God in heavenly places? What did he now say next? 21. He said, Far above principalities and power and might, and dominion, and every name that is named. He's saying Christ is above all these things, so you are above all these things. So listen, there's no power above you. So don't let anybody ever tell you that you are powerless. You can't be powerless. He said, as many that have believed him, he has given them power to become the sons of God. John 1 verse 12. The power of God is in you. Acts chapter 1 verse 8, it says, and you shall receive power after that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Acts chapter 10, verse, verses 38. He said that how that God anointed Jesus Christ with the Holy Ghost and with power. That same Holy Ghost is where? So the anointing of Jesus Christ was the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is in you. What does that mean? What made him anointed is what is making you anointed. That makes you what? Powerful. That gives you dominion and authority. So listen, there's nothing above the believer. So, when you hear case of, oh, there's a devil manifesting, walk boldly. You have to approach it. You see, I said the experience, right? The first time I ever casted out the devil was in a village evangelism. As the person started manifesting, everybody with me, Japa. <laughs> I just knew that, is it I die <laughs> or he dies? <laughs> see, See, I've, God has so helped me to grow in the consciousness of this. <sighs> the 
there's nothing above me. There's nothing I can't speak to. Even in the realm of the spirit, they recognize authority. When Jesus Christ was cited, they were the one begging, please, this is where you should cast us to. So they knew that what? In his mouth was the authority. They must answer. Why? He is where? Above. That's where you are. The authority of Christ is in your lips. You know, casting out of devils, he, he, for, I think it just keeps getting easier for me. Easier. I look you. How far? What's in the apple? Boldness. If there's no conviction, there's no reality. If there's no conviction, there's no reality. Speak. You hear that uh, one witch is saying this. Uh, that person is a witch. You now avoid that because she's a witch. If I hear an abalist, I will walk confidently to you. I'll give you the handshake. We're evangelizing. What was with me? I think it was Shela was with me. The last time we did evangelism in Bariga. I was evangelizing. We met this Awisa guy. He had this ring. I knew it was fortified. I said, shake me with that hand. He said, no. I wanted to shake that hand. If they don't do something, let me shake it. Two things. It will be powerless. <laughs> it has no choice. It has to be powerless. It's a confidence. You wake up with a bad dream, and the next thing in your mind is, hey, God, are you joking? You wake up and you speak. I had a bad dream like, maybe like three days ago. I woke up instantly, I spoke, and I went back to sleep. I did not, I did not stand up from my bed and, rata shekata. No. While lying down, I spoke the word with authority. See, right there and then it was settled. If I see any food in my dream, I will chop. I will. I will. See, see, listen, listen. The Bible already said, it said, this shall follow them that believe. One of the signs was that if they take anything deadly, it shall by no means hurt you. So they give you something in your dream and you think it will hurt you? It's your faith that it will hurt you that will make it hurt you. If you believe it won't, it won't. Since I stopped being afraid of food in my dream, it stopped coming. I don't know what's wrong with them. It's like, now that I know that nothing went there, it's wasting our food. <laughs> the gas is expensive. <laughs> If they're chasing your dream, chase them. Am I speaking grammar? Listen. I shared this popular dream with you guys. When I, when I was just going to understanding. You know, I had this dream, by the way. Some group of guys were holding me in my dream. And I was struggling. And I was like, like I wanted to get out of the room. And so then I just said, uh-uh. I have the power of God. I'm greater than them. Instantly, I stopped struggling. It seemed like a film trick, but I just let go and I started walking. And... I walked out of the room that I was struggling to walk out. What happened there was that my conviction in the world played out. The devil will always come and test. You want to hear the truth? He will always come and test what? The word of God in you. He's going to test, do you know the word? Okay, she knows. But does she believe the word? Is, it, is, it, is there conviction? Is he rooted? So notice, after every prophecy, there's always a test. I don't know why. God will say abundance. <laughs> Immediately, you just start seeing Gary. <laughs> See, if you believe in the word of God, in that Gary, you rejoice. That's when the fulfillment comes. What do you think must have happened with this guy, Abraham? Abraham, God, God told him he would make him a father of many nations. And he waited for years and saw nothing. And guess what? He was still with faith. That's years old. God gave you a word of prophecy. One month, nothing. Ah, 
God, 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 why? God, did you lie to me? God never lies. Never feels so. Listen, the word of God is yes and amen. No matter how long it takes to come to pass, it will definitely come to pass. Definitely. It's, it's sure. The spirit of prophecy in the house. Listen. One very vital thing you need to know as a believer and as a son of God. It may sound weird, but it's an amazing truth. God is a jealous God. Do you hear what I said? God is what? It's in the Bible. And do you know what that means? It means that, see, when there's genuine, not, you know, when there's genuine jealousy, it shows one thing, that there's love. Right? You can't be jealous about something you don't. And in the jealousy, so many things happen. You start to guard your property, right? Listen, imagine God being jealous over you and him guarding you. It means nothing must touch this one. Now my own. Now me get out. Wherever the church of a man is, that's where his words, his heart will be. Where do you think the church of God is? Minister is in the house. Listen, where do you think the church of the Lord is? Where do you think the church of the Lord is? Where do you think the church of the Lord is? Where do you think his heart will be? Listen, listen. It means God can't take his eyes off you. That's what it means. Two things. It implies safety. See, if you want to go to a strong man and take a strong man's property, you must be what? A stronger man. It means, see, you are a person, the treasure of God. God's gate is always on you. If a stronger man comes, who will answer? The strongest man. Who is who? Who is God? So who is stronger than God? So there's nothing like, you know, Nigerian police. Hello? They are robbing my house. Ah, sorry, there's no fuel. Listen, in the case of God, he never left. Do you get what I'm saying? It dwells in us. So if there's a, if there's a demand, where, does it, where, where is the response coming from? From within out. Is that not safety? People always think that, you know, God is all smiles and no wrath in God. There's wrath in God, though. Happy note. Happy note. That means there's what they call the holy anger. John chapter 3, 36. Quickly, see it. But there's where the wrath of God is channeled to. John 3, verse 36. It says, He that believeth on the Son hath, and he that believeth not on the Son shall not see, but, 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 if there's anything that is not of God, they always see the wrath of God. That is the judgment of anything that is not of God that tries to touch you. Because he's a jealous God. His gaze are on you. He would always keep you. He would always guard you. He would always protect you. There's nothing that will come at him that is a surprise. For it's a God that has seen the end from the beginning. So there's no reacting plan. There's already an action plan. And you're safe in him. Can we all rise to our feet? Jesus for we're going to rest in all that you have told us today 
We're going to rest in all that you have done for us. We're going to rest in all that you have done for us. In safety unto salvation. Even unto the fruit of sonship. And all of your precious promises in your word. We believe. We believe. We believe in every single one. We believe so much in every single one. Therefore, we will not walk in error. We will not walk in fear. We will not walk in fear. Oh, thank you. Thank you for listening. We know you have been equipped, changed, and transformed by the word. If you have any questions or inquiries, please reach out to us on Instagram at the Zoe Household Lagos or via mail, zoehousehold at gmail.com. God bless you.